0: Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworsky.
1: I'm Adam Ottenheimer.
0: This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately
1: groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor.
0: This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is is Tim Duncan, but then you know James Harden is kind of like
1: that Angier. The other one is Smikowski. Oh,
0: that's a hot take. I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Today we have a very special episode. We are talking about the 1981 farce film Stripes, starring Bill Murray and Harold Ramis. And we have a very special guest today, our good friend and frequent movie quoter, Danny Auerbach. Danny, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I am very excited to be here.
0: Danny, before we before we dive into the logistics of the movie and we talk about the movie and have our categories... Um, You chose this movie for this podcast, so I just want to ask you, what is it about this movie that you love so much? Why did you want to talk about Stripes with us?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, Brett. I think that there are so many movies out there from the past 10, 20, 30 years that really stick out in my mind, but this one is one that just brings two classic actors together, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, and they're legends, and I wanted to bring them back to the forefront and
1: make sure they don't get lost. Danny, you're a guy who doesn't keep up too much with, let's say, like the newest, hottest <laughs> movies, right? You're more of like a classic guy. You love those 1980s, like before you were born type movies. I remember us talking about Caddyshack as well way back in the day. That brings up some, some funny <laughs> memories between the three of us. Of course, of course.
0: <laughs> well, we're, we're happy to have you on. So let's talk about Stripes. Uh, Stripes was released in the summer of 1981- Big hit, grossed over $85 million in North America. Um, it, it, so it stars Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, and it basically picks up where Caddyshack left off the year before. It has that slobs and snobs kind of theme. Um, so it's an army farce. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis play two friends who joined the army, and it's about their misfit group of, of cadets. Um, directed by Ivan Reitman, he pitched the movie as a Cheech and Chong join the army kind of flick. And so Cheech and Chong, it was really funny because they were that stoner group of the of the 80s. But they wanted full control of the movie. And writer Dan Goldberg then changed the two main characters to Bill Murray and Ramis and they got them on board. It's a pretty different movie if it's Cheech and Chong instead of uh, Bill Murray and Ramis. What do you think, Adam?
1: How often do we say this? We're like, we're going through the initial outline of the movie and we're like you know what? Pretty happy they went this direction. I mean, I guess that's why we're talking about. it. Otherwise, we're not having a a podcast about a movie that that flops, uh, right? But but I, I I think it's I mean I, it's it's one of those things where it's like again where the director and the writers all come together to actually you know bring bring different elements to the movie and then you know finally throw a finished product that we all know and love.
0: For sure. It's speaking of those, you know, those different actors, Dennis Quaid read for the role of, of Russell, played by Harold Ramis. And Ramis was actually reluctant to to be in the movie. But then I guess Bill Murray was like, "Uh, uh-uh, I ain't doing this if Harold Ramis isn't in it. So he stank. And thankfully, they did it. And it, you know, forged a good partnership because they were in both Ghostbusters together in the 80s. Uh, a, a great, a great duo there. Another funny fact or sorry, you're going to say something, Anna?
1: Well, I was I mean, I, I was just thinking about it, like looking at the casting and and who they had available. Bill Murray to me is kind of like he's got kind of on top of the world right now. I mean, he's kind of like the big name in comedy, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, we'll we'll explore more of this in Legacy and Mount Rushmore, but so yeah, he was on SNL between I think 76 and 1980 and then in 1980, he's in Caddyshack, and he's a supporting role in Caddyshack, but he's unbelievable in it. And I think that's that moment where people are like, "Bill Murray's got something. Like this guy has a has a different type of comedy that no one really has ever seen before." It and was we're, that
1: we're starting to get the taste of the Second City type comedy, yeah. right? And like the improvisation, and you know, we're all Chicago guys here, so we have an appreciation for it. But that was like a that was like a wave of comedy that came in.
0: Exactly, and so in 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 Caddyshack and in Stripes, it's that it's that type of comedy. Bill Murray's incredibly deadpan type of humor and that improvisational arsenal is on full display here. It's it's kind of funny. Danny, tell me if you agree with this. Bill Murray's humor in Stripes it's it's so interesting because you know whether you're seven years old watching this movie, which you, a seven-year-old shouldn't watch this movie, even though we probably watched it around the age. <laughs> um, whether whether you're like seven or ten years old watching this movie or if you're 26 like us, you you understand Bill Murray's humor. It's like kind of a mixture of potty mouth with like smart wit jokes. You know, it kind of – anyone can really grasp it, which I think is kind of the genius behind it.
2: Yeah, and I think, too, that it's not just verbal. Every action that he does, there are so many parts to it that you just see throughout the movie, and I'm sure we'll get into it.
0: 100%.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, because to me, and I'm going to talk about this quite a bit in this episode, but Harold Ramis's nonverbal acting, to me, is like the funniest nonverbal (laughs) acting I've actually (laughs) seen. And there's, there's a couple scenes in particular that I... Like adore from the nonverbal perspective, but I think that's what this what makes this so good is the chemistry between the two guys, where they can just feed off of each other's facial expressions too. It's really good.
3: Yeah,
0: Harold Ramis is unreal in this. Uh, A couple quick facts before we dive in. So John Candy, and and, you know John Candy, rest in peace, had such a, a short yet powerful career in that time when he was rolling. He never even auditioned for this movie. So Dan Goldberg, one of the writers, just knew him, and he told Reitman, the director, John Candy needs to be in this. Bold move, but smart move, because Ox is one of the best characters. Um, The production was shot at an actual army base at Fort Knox, right outside of Louisville, which is pretty cool that they were able to to close that up. Uh, Finally, I thought this was really funny. So Conrad Dunn, who played Psycho, that guy is ridiculous, he said that he and John Candy were the only cast members who knew the lyrics to do what and then they taught them to the rest of the group i thought that was that was a, that was a pretty fun fact uh, danny speaking of harold Ramis, you have a fun story about harold Ramis, don't you
2: i believe i do please share <laughs> i just wanted you to ask brad i've obviously known you for a while but regardless <laughs> My dad um, actually knew Harold Ramis, and he knew him because my brother was on the same basketball team as his son, so he got pretty close with him, and just would always talk about how great of a guy
1: Harold Ramis was,
2: um, and continued to be throughout his life.
1: I could see Chip. I don't. I don't know if we're, we're comfortable using our father's name on this one, but <laughs> I, I get yeah, gets but out yeah, of the bag it, here. It's it's too late now. We're good. Okay, so we're not going to edit that out. But I, I could just see Chip and Harold just, like, shooting the shit over, like, a couple brewskis. I know you're in on this one, but get grab a couple brewskis, yeah. maybe Owen Wilson there. But just Chip, Harold Ramis, shooting the shit, talking about absolutely nothing. And it just being, <laughs> like, a, an amazing conversation.
0: See, I could see Chip being so intrigued with Harold Ramis. Like, just swarming him with questions about his career at Second City and how he got into writing and and his whole comedy career. And, like, I I could see Chip just being so into it, just buying rounds of beers one after the other for Harold because he wants the (laughs) night to continue flowing.
2: (laughs) I, I don't know the details of that exchange that much, but I do know that he had a good time with it. And I'm sure my dad knows a little bit more about Harold Ramis than I do. And they, they meshed well. I
0: I love it. Um, fellas, this movie's great. I, I remember I had it on DVD when I was a kid. I feel like my, my dad had it. And then I just watched it. And I, I, I definitely watched a lot of movies when I was younger that I shouldn't have because I was just too young for them. Um, but this was one of them. I remember watching it just as a, at a very young age and loving it for those reasons we said before. Like it's, you know, you, you get things now when you watch it. You don't understand when you're 10 years old. But it's that kind of garbage humor that Bill Murray has and his physical comedy, too, that just kind of reels you in. Um, Stripes is, is, a, is, a, is a classic. It's, it's pretty hilarious. Uh, I'm excited to dive into the categories. If, you, if neither of you guys have anything else to add.
1: I have a I have one more thing I do want to input in here and it relates to the casting and we'll get into Warren Oates a little bit but I think we talked about this before when you bring in like a more established serious actors to some of these comedies it brings a pretty interesting dynamic in there and it kind of puts the the comedic actors on spot a little bit but so I really enjoy him in that and I was reading one little tidbit that I thought was funny is that you know Oates is such like a serious guy in person too and so Ivan Reitman decided to get the other actors while they were doing one of the obstacle course scenes to like drag him down into the mud oh my god oh my god And like really piss him off and I guess Oates he chipped a tooth in the process and just was just he was livid just scolding Ivan Reitman for what he did telling everyone to basically shit on Warren and it's it's just funny. It's one of those things where I think we've talked about before, like, who would be the weirdest or most annoying to work with. <laughs> Warren Oates would probably take the cake on this one.
0: It sounds like he would probably turn into Sergeant Holka in real life in that situation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I could see that.
0: That's freaking hilarious. Uh, gentlemen, are you guys ready to dive into the segments? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. Do it. Here we go. We're talking about Stripes. Danny, since you are the guest, first category, question goes to you. What are some of your favorite scenes in this movie and your ultimate favorite scene, if you have one?
2: I'm only going to go with one in this movie because, honestly, this question only deserves one response, and that is 45 minutes into this movie, graduation scene from boot camp, the troop comes in late after practicing throughout the night in the hopes of not having to do the basic training again come in an hour late to their army ceremony to try and graduate from the army mind you they're dancing they're <laughs> singing they're not doing anything related to the army nor what they were supposed to do but general barneke their general at the time ate it up they eventually got a special mission which leads into the second half of the movie it's amazing all around
1: it's awesome danny you're you're a real punctual guy <laughs> I've, I could just see you really cringing at the fact that they were an hour... Even, even if they were five minutes late, you would be... I, I'm surprised you didn't turn it off.
0: He's livid.
1: I think I think the fact that it's a movie really gets me. But yes, if real
2: life that happened and that was General Barneke, they'd be done. They'd be doing basic training <laughs> over and over and over again. I, I agree with you, Adam.
1: <laughs> it's a real glimpse into what Danny is like as a teacher, so... Let's, uh, oh my God. Let's think about I, that I w- for a second.
0: I would kind of be terrified to be one of your students. Just a little no, bit.
2: No, no. I think with kids, I definitely give them the benefit of the adult. But once you become an adult, you're, you're prompt. One minute early is on time, on time is late. So <laughs> no general so, barn key for me.
0: <laughs> so that was your only, only nomination and your winner.
2: I went through this movie two times over the course of the last two weeks. And really, in my opinion, nothing else needs to be said from my point of view.
0: I I, I agree. I So I actually had the graduation as my, my scene of the film, too. And just a quick bit about it, because you were perfect with it. I This might be a hot take, but I kind of think the movie should have ended there. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. The, 45 the, this, minutes the scene- in. No, it's actually. I actually wrote it down. It's like an hour and twenty minutes in.
2: Oh wow! So maybe a late night for me. So,
0: like the final scenes in, in in Czechoslovakia, and 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 when they pick up the girls in Germany, it's just there's, it's just, the the movie kind of takes like a a stale turn there. And I feel like the scene, like the whole movie up to when they join the army, and then when they're in basic training, that's like the crux of the movie and that's where the movie really shines i feel like it could have ended there and it been a crisp hour 20 it would have been phenomenal
1: i agree Mm. that it's it's like a second movie right yeah like it just like and i so to give some context to where i'm at with this movie i didn't watch it so i watched it the other day but before that i hadn't seen it all the way through i've seen bits and pieces oh wow and i mean i watched it probably all the way through like years ago but i don't even remember but it's probably at your house brett but probably yeah (laughs) <laughs> when the whole Czechoslovakia thing was happening, I was like, wait, holy shit, this is this movie? Like, this is yeah. the same movie? And like, I, I mean, it came out of nowhere.
0: The final yeah. 40 minutes are just kind of unnecessary. Mm. But they're I awesome. Know. I mean, no, it's it's still fun. Like, there are still good moments in those scenes, but you could see the movie ending at graduation.
2: Yes. Yeah, to- totally. And especially, like, from a movie that's from 30 years ago, like, you know, an hour and twenty minutes isn't that short. Like it, it's perfectly fine. Now I feel like if you have oh. an hour and twenty minutes movie, people would not want to watch it.
0: Yeah, I'd still watch it. Um, <laughs> Adam, <laughs> rattle off some of your favorite scenes in Stripes.
1: So I, I had a lot more. Graduation—that's definitely my winner, but. I'll go through some of the other funny po- funny moments that I found in this movie. So Russell teaching English in the beginning, I think, is fantastic. Oh, yeah. a
0: ba da ba da ba da ba do da da And one of the quotes
1: from that, I'll, I'll get to that in my quotes, but I love it. So uh, the next one, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. I want to switch because this next one is actually my favorite. It's the first time they're marching as a group. Oh, yeah. And when you hear do-a-diddy. And for some reason when I think stripes, <laughs> I always think of that. And yep. Yep. I, I mean I love the song too. It's a fantastic song. I actually usually sing it when I'm doing the dishes, so there's a fun <laughs> fact for you guys. But I, I think um, that's nice. that's
0: the that's definitely the, the the moment of the movie. Like the 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 specific moment that stands out. I think as a whole scene, graduation takes it, but I, I agree with you. Thinking of stripes, that's kinda what comes to mind first.
1: It's like when they do their like preview or montage on like Comedy Central, like stay tuned for stripes, they'll like show that part. So right. that's what uh that's what gets me. So there's that. I got a few more here. So I love when everyone is sitting in a circle sharing their story. Oh, and God. especially the point when Ox is speaking. Yes. <laughs> <And> yes. <laughs> First of all, his his monologue there is unreal. Amazing. But, Amazing. But again, Harold Ramis's nonverbal acting uh, during that monologue—I could watch that scene in uh, on mute and laugh my ass off because he's making all these faces. He's like egging on Ox so much, and he's just like, "Whoa!" Like he's just making these faces, and it's so funny. And he's totally like—he's just met the guy, and he's like his best friend.
0: That that scene is that scene is hilarious too. I think an underrated part of that scene is when. um, uh, cruise is like my father in, was in the army. My brother's in the army. Figured I might as well might as well join before I get drafted.
1: Like <laughs> there is no draft. There anymore. is no draft. Like the... Exactly.
0: <laughs> that's really good. What? And then he's got? like, there was a draft. Oh.
1: <laughs> 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 Makes no sense.
0: That's a great moment. And then Psycho. Any you Psycho. touch me, I'll kill you.
1: <laughs> it's great. Oh, that's good. Well, what else? Um, do you have Adam. Handful more so. John sneaking out and Russell stops him. The military police chicks come in and pick him up. I love that. Sarge uh, getting blown off the tower. <laughs> the wrestling scene with Ox is iconic for me. Yeah. Um, Classic. And then the last one is, you know, before the graduation, is John's pump up speech talking about being American. We're Danny, ten and one. Uh, yeah, D- Danny, that's kind of. Uh, I- I'm surprised that's not on your list there because you're a, you're a huge, you know, miracle guy as well. You you love a good pump up speech. <laughs> I I do,
2: and I, and when you said that, I was actually thinking about that. But why I didn't put it on, I'm not sure. I think graduation just stuck out so hard in my mind. Danny, Fair enough.
0: Is it is it true that some have compared you to uh, called you the Joel Osteen of our generation? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I, th- I, think the only two people that have either considered or thought about that must be you two, right?
0: Probably. The Jewish Joel Osteen. Uh,
2: I would love it, though. I mean, pack them in. Sign sign me up.
1: Danny starts his class with, like, a 15-minute sermon about how, like, they'll find enlightenment in that day. <laughs> God. God is with you.
0: <laughs> oh, baby. Um, uh, it's funny. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm will I'll trying to think if I had any other scenes here. Oh, I love the scene. I won't relist anything because you guys said most of them. But the one I had that you guys didn't was when Sergeant Holka dares John to hit him. They walk into the bathroom and he's like, you want to take a swing at me, don't you, winger? And he's like, I'd love to take a swing at you, Sarge. And then Sarge just teaches him a lesson, calls him out for being a punk and lacking honor and discipline. I really like that moment. It's like a, it's like an eye opening, eye opening moment for, for Winger, I think.
1: Do you know what movie that, and I think both of you guys might, might be able to get this one, but do you know what movie that reminds me of? I mean, this movie is another 80s movie that was made after, but that scene reminds me of, of another one that we like to quote and watch.
0: Probably Breakfast Club.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Between the principal and, and uh, John Bender. Bender. Yeah. Uh, uh,
2: I think maybe in 15 seconds I would have got there, but no. <laughs>
1: yeah, I want to know how tough you are. That's what I was thinking. Got
0: the two fingers. How tough you really are. That's <laughs> pretty great. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my scene of the movie, too, is, is graduation. It's just the, the, way, the way they're in sync and the way John is leading them. And I love how the 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 lieutenant Danny you said his name I don't remember his name he's just loving it he's eating it up, these are the exactly the type of men I want on our EM50 project. Yeah, it's great, exactly. pretty good impersonation. Yeah. Oh, thank you.
1: Uh, so we're all in agreement. Graduation. That was that. This is a hot start to the podcast. I like I like where we're going here. Um, let's let's move to our second question here and. Danny, I'm going to throw you on the spot since you are the guest, and so we'll let you start us off here. But if you were to take one scene, make it into a musical, what is your scene?
2: I'm not going to lie. I had a really tough time with this one, but I'm (laughs) going to give it my best shot. So (laughs) I would say when they get into basic training for the first time, Sergeant Hulka is giving them the rundown of what's going to happen, and what's expected of them. And I was thinking of like, a mix of like lame is and wicked and uh some others coming in there but I think Sergeant Hulka the oh way it is. <laughs> I think Sergeant Hulka would start how he does, welcome to basic training in his normal voice. And then he'd go into like, Now you're here and then they continue on like Sergeant Holker is me, Uncle Sam is I, and I'm your destiny. And then all of the other soldiers would be like Destiny, 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 and you would continue to go through that skit um, and make it a little bit more collaborative. But uh, that's what I got for now.
0: Yes, I love it, Danny. Love the enthusiasm for it. Danny,
1: that's have great. you seen more than? Those musicals is it just Les Mis and Wicked?
2: Or? <laughs> no, I I well there there were actually four. So, um I almost threw in Waitress in there as well, but I uh couldn't inter- intermingle everything.
1: That was good. That was I I'm pretty damn impressed for your first time coming know, on doing a musical timer,
0: here. First timer. You took us at least a couple times to, you know, get fluid with those. It's pretty good. What, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How how would how would Wicked and, and Waitress and some of those others actually tie into this? I, I'm a little confused there, though.
2: <laughs> well, you know, with Gravity and Wicked, because they do, like, because I define gravity, and then I thought, like, with this one, I mean, like, because I'm Sergeant Hulka, I know, like, the uh, intuition is off, but uh, it would be the same tune of the song, but maybe not the actual background to the story of wicked versus stripes i see you follow you follow follow me or i don't think i'm getting any tracking right now
0: you know what i'm just gonna say that i didn't quite grasp that last little bit but i'm overall i'm gonna give your musical score probably a a hard 7.3 out of 10
1: i'm with you yeah that was good (laughs) all right i'll take it i'll take it thank you bro bro what do you got here
0: so I have the uh, it's I think it's probably the second scene of the movie uh, when John and Russell decide to join the army. Um, they're sitting in John's apartment right after John's girlfriend left him, and Russell comes over, uh, and they're sitting on the couch. And John is just just you know he's so unhappy, he's so depressed. He's, he and he starts singing, "I'm such a loser, a big freaking loser, a lazy piece of shit." In just one day, I've lost everything from her to the car and I can't take it. And then they they see the commercial for the army and all of a sudden John's eyes light up. The music picks up and he goes, Russell, Russell, I think I know the way. Let's join the army and win our lives today. Russell chimes in a little bit, you know, uh, the army, John, you must be kidding, you can't do a push-up, let alone survive the training and then John does the five push-ups they're dancing a little bit, and he proves to Russell he's worth the army and then John has a final a final uh, final sing. he goes, "No more lazy, no more schlub. I'll join the army and prove that I'm no bum. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then that scene closes and then the next scene is them uh, meeting with that officer in the army office.
1: Nice. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Wow. Call me crazy, but I feel like if that was the actual scene in the movie, it would still fit. Like if they had a random musical inserted into this movie and it was John and and uh, and Russell singing like that, like I feel like I would still I would I would enjoy the movie just as much.
0: Probably. It, it's such a goofy movie that really anything could happen, and you'd be okay with it. <laughs> God, I love that. Adam, what was your musical? Let's hear it.
1: Mine is a little bit of a different direction. Have you guys seen Hamilton, by chance?
2: Ah, I can add that to my list of Broadway shows. I'm at five. Yes, I've seen Hamilton. I ah, am there not.
1: it
0: is. I'm the outlier here, I guess.
1: Okay, so I, I attempted to do a Hamilton-like script and musical for one scene, and we'll see how it goes. But the scene I'm taking is the one I was talking about a little bit earlier where there ever everyone is huddled together sharing their story. And mine specifically is Ox talking about his weight problem. And so it starts out with Ox saying, you know, my name is Ox, and you, know, you might notice I have a bit of a weight problem. And everyone's like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> and, and then it goes into song or rap, however you want to call it. So it's, I went to a doctor who told me I was fat, said things would get ugly if I don't lose weight stat. Doc said to look into aggression courses, which forces, among other things, to stop eating and beating. So I decided to call him, give him a holler. But guess what? It's $400. Well, I've got no money to my name, no fame, just a game full of shame. So I decided... I'll join the army. It's free. The best plan to me. It's gotta be, right? So here I am, day one of eight weeks, surrounded by geeks and freaks in a small room that reeks. All of this to slim down my cheeks. And it's just like a mic drop.
0: Um, Adam, that's that's a that's a ten out of ten. Yeah, that was absolutely I mean, that was that, absolutely spectacular.
2: That could go on tour as a it. solo.
0: That was pretty unbelievable. I, well, as Lin, I love Lynn Manuel. I love the 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 internal rhymes, like the, the the multisyllabic rhymes, the rhymes within the rhyme. You didn't just rhyme the first word and the last word. You rhymed everything in between. That was that was really impressive.
1: I think that's a Lynn Manuel special there. But Glad glad you guys are on board. You gotta go see Hamilton, Brett. That's it'll be right up your alley, man.
0: I know, I, I've heard good things that everyone says it's it's the musical for me. That was great. Adam, I think I would choose to see your musical out of the three that we just spoke of.
2: I'm oh, on the I'm same honored.
0: Page. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, next category. This one's going to be really fun. Um, best quote. Uh, we're just going to rattle off as many as we can. Adam, I'll kick this to you to start off.
1: I actually don't have a ton, and all of my quotes are from like the first 30 minutes or so of the movie, but I love them all, so I'll rattle them off. Here we go. The first one Son of bitch. Shit. <laughs> when, when Russell's teaching English. Uh, you can't go. All the plants are going to die. <laughs> <laughs> this is one that may not age particularly well, but we're not homosexual, but we're willing to learn. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me, stewardess. Is there a movie on this flight? <laughs> oh, that's mine. The best I love it. and then the last one i have which is my winner is
0: lighten up
1: francis
0: lighten up francis <laughs> that's wonderful danny write off your quotes
2: all right well my first one was with ox excuse me stewardess so i'm gonna skip that one over um i'm part of a lost and restless generation what do you want me to do run for the senate <laughs> i think
3: <laughs> that's a good one
2: i i think i think that's just like legacy of the movie that i'm gonna to get to later on but um i think it's a bad day to march sarge it's the cold and flu season <laughs> um luis uh you just broke my force field which i really love I like that, uh, captain stillman is spying on woman taking the shower and says oh god i wish i was a loofah
0: <laughs> i actually read that he he improvised that one on the spot which is pretty funny
2: all right i love that um and then the last one that i have uh general barneke at graduation he says am i to understand you all finished this training alone and john says that's the fact jack
0: <laughs> and then everyone else repeats yeah what does he say is he like
1: army training <laughs> <laughs> oh, army army.
0: training sir exactly So that's just like the weird quirky humor of Bill Murray. Yeah. Pretty great. So So Stewardess was your winner, Danny?
2: Yes. Yeah, Stewardess was also my winner.
0: That's great. Uh, I won't repeat the ones you guys said, but I do have some extras. Um, How's it going, Eisenhower? From Ox. (laughs) Um, I said it earlier, but I thought I better join before I got drafted. An army without leaders is like a foot without a big toe. Um, you're different. You're weird. You're a mutant. You're a killer. You're a train killer. You're a lean, mean fighting machine. John to uh, ox. I love that. Uh, it's Czechoslovakia. It's like going into Wisconsin.
1: It's He's a good saying, one. He, th- doesn't Russell say then like I got the shit kicked out of me in Wisconsin? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Uh, but my 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 quote of the movie uh, and. Uh, Adam, you briefly mentioned it. I'm just going to say it. It's a few sentences. Uh, It's Ox's little monologue when they're all introducing themselves. But he goes, well, I didn't have any money. And I thought to myself, join the army. It's free. So I figured while I'm here, I'll lose a few pounds. And you got what, a six to eight week training program here, right? A real tough one, (laughs) which is perfect for me. I'm going to walk out of here a lean, mean, fighting machine. He's just so naive to what he's getting himself into. It's, it's spectacular.
2: Yeah, I wonder what Hulk is thinking in that scene, too.
0: Light up, Ox. box. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Oh, man, the more I think about it, I, the more I just love that scene. Everyone kind of gets their own stage to, to, to go through their just random shit they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I love it.
0: Oh, and one, oh. sorry, w- w- an extra one that I, that I guess I forgot to bring up. Um, I, I guess it's for a scene slash quote, but it's when Ox is uh, totally screwing with Cruz when they're playing poker. And oh. uh, Ox is like, <laughs> That's it. I, Ox is like, Ox is like, if it were me, I'd bet everything. But, you know, Mr. Vegas. I forgot to mention that, but that's unreal.
1: Uh, That's a great one. And then when he loses, he's like, "Ah, well, that's uh, what are you gonna do, or something like that." He's like, "He's like, oh, he's like, well, I got a,
0: he's like, I got a full house. You lose. Perfect. I love that one. So that's (laughs) it for my quotes.
1: I love it. Let's switch gears a little bit here. So this is not a movie that maybe has the most advanced or best cinematography in here, but we do like to give a little bit of an ode to the camera. So Brett, I'll start with you here. Just give me some of your best shots in the movie.
0: Sure. I actually just have one, uh, and it's when they are at the General's house with the girls, and John and Stella get out of the chest in front of the bed after they had just made passionate love. I really like it because... It, it shows the, the camera shows the bedroom. It's a still shot of the bedroom for like a quick two seconds before anything actually happens. And, uh, it would be one thing if the camera like slowly zoomed in on that chest, but the fact that it just stays back and the shot is of the whole room and then they come out after a few seconds, it kind of catches you off guard when you're, when you're watching it, especially like for the first time if you're, or if you haven't seen it in a while. Um, And I think that's the stillness of the whole frame is just really funny. You see them come out of this tiny chest and it's, and you're wondering like, how the hell did they do that? Or how the hell did that happen? And I think if, if, if the, if the stillness of the camera doesn't capture that, like again, if it's zooming in or if it's focusing on the chest where you kind of know something's going to come out of the chest, it wouldn't be as good. Uh, But the way that they pulled off that camera shot, I thought was really clever.
1: That is pretty good. I, I, I didn't really think about that when I was going through that, but I remember thinking the same thing, like, how the hell did they fit in there? That yeah. is insane. insane. <laughs> um, Flexible. A fun fact about that scene, I think, and it might have been the scene before, or yeah, I don't know if they're blended together, but the scene was shot at, like, 3 a.m.,
2: yeah. something like that. So, I saw that.
1: Um, I did see that. It's pretty nuts, but that must have been shortly after the Aunt Jemima treatment, Brett.
0: Yes, the <laughs> with the spatula.
1: Yeah, good call. Danny, what do you have here?
2: Um, I have the 20 second scene when they're all getting their haircut and it starts off with Ox <laughs> showing his hair and then moves down to his face and then moves from right to left psycho Elmo and just shows their transformation of not only physical but just emotional and then at the end of these this 20 seconds you see John and Russell and they're just in shock they're about to get all of their hair cut off and really states their transformation um, and like one of their final moments of normalcy. And I think like that camera angle captures all of it.
0: That is really good. I like that one too. It's it's the, yeah, that moving track shot
1: captures the emotion. And then and then Ox walks out holding his hair right. Like, yeah, and yeah. Then, yeah. And then <laughs> Russell, as
0: you said, Russell's great physical comedy. Adam Russell rubs his head. Yeah.
2: <laughs> It's a little, little odd for me there when he was rubbing his head. I mean, he just met the guy, like, what, two hours ago? And they're all touching I, each yeah, other's hair. Like
0: best friends, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny. No, that's a, that's a great pick, Danny. Thank you.
1: That's good. So I... And that's your only one, Danny? Yeah, yeah I just winner? got one. Yep. Okay. I, I have three here, and you guys haven't mentioned them. They're not, like, that huge, but two of them involved the EM-50... Um, the first is the flamethrower portion of it. So um, John and I—I'm I, blanking on his who's. Which one's his girl? Is that Stella or is that Stella's John? Uh, Stella. yeah. Stella,
2: yep. And Louise for Russell.
1: Okay, so John and Stella are like waiting. Um, they're like hiding behind a a corner of a of a building while there's a bunch of Russian troops. And then Russell like turns on the flamethrower, and you just see like the flame. Ignite and go across the screen, so I think that's pretty I cool. Like that one.
3: Mm, yeah,
1: another EM50 related one is the door kind of slowly opens, and you just see Russell holding a gun, <laughs> and he's like <laughs> just starts going ape shit, which I think is great. Um, and then the last one, this is this is like completely minor, but I just enjoyed it, was when. John throws the basketball out the window and then the basketball just like shoots back up through the window, <laughs> the wrong one. Um, not like an incredible shot, but just you know, a combination of, of comedy and cleverness with the camera.
0: Throw it back here, up here. Yeah, right here, right here. Goes through the other window. John's, it, those, those early scenes depict John perfectly. Like from the second we meet him, When he's driving the cab and then he, you know, ditches that woman in the cab, throws his keys in the river. And then even when he's like bringing the pizza home in that apartment, that whole stretch just shows how much of a bum and careless loser this guy is. Like the epitome of that is when he. When someone sees his, uh, when he sees the them taking his car away, and he tries to stop, and he falls, and then the pizza falls out of the box. The pizza is face down on the pavement, and he still puts the pizza back in the box uh, to bring it home. Uh, and he's like, God. and he's like to his girlfriend, he's like to his girlfriend, I got you a pizza too. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was a little side ramp, but that that scene, Adam, you got me thinking because like he, when that first window like breaks, he just like breaks it even more to like be able to get out of the window yeah yeah it's great i love those early scenes so what was your winner adam
1: oh yeah my winner is going to be the em50 door opening with to russell holding a gun
0: i love it so (laughs) next category guys this this is my my favorite category or at least it's developing into it where we just kind of complain a little bit about about some of the the plot holes here movie farts Uh, anything that just doesn't make sense or line up Danny I'm going to start with you uh what what are some of your farts here with stripes
2: yeah I have a couple here we've definitely mentioned a few already but I'm going to start right where I left off with you know they start touching each other and their head (laughs) and their hair right after they literally meet an hour or two before (laughs) I'm like who would do that who would do that it just doesn't make sense like get the fuck off
0: me I don't know you yeah
2: yeah yeah exactly um so that really stuck out as something that just doesn't make sense um john to russell he says you're coming in when they're waiting outside to sign up for the army and you know john's gonna sign up for the army but why is russell like he's teaching english seems like he's an intelligent guy we don't we really don't know the backstory behind him yet so yeah. i just wish i had more
1: that's fair
2: great um another one uh ox asked sergeant uh sergeant does this mean we're through from the day after he literally got bombed and he was lying on his back and like who would say that like the guy <laughs> well, fell john's 20 just feet a huge dick john's just a what dick.
0: no ox a a- dick.
2: ox asked oh, them, ox, a- oh
0: sorry ox asked that
2: <laughs> yeah so he's lying on the ground he just fell 20 feet And the first thing he says is, Sergeant, does this mean we're through for the day? I mean, who would do that? (laughs) Just, I know they're supposed to be, like, stupid and not following along with things. But, again, it just caught me uh, a little off guard. And then the last thing is, you know, why are the girls in Germany? Like, why why were they there? So, the guys all went to Italy for the assignment. But, do we ever find out why the girls were in Germany? No. I don't know.
0: Not a valid at all. Point. That that's, it's that's like, a great fart.
2: It's like the they eventually take the EM fifty to Germany to see the girls, but why are they in Germany? Like doesn't make sense.
0: Valid point. I mean it's nineteen eighty one. I don't think the US had any conflicts with Germany then. Um yeah, I don't know. Danny, you are very gaseous right now. Those were some really powerful farts. <laughs> Stinky, man. Stinky.
2: I've been holding them in for you guys all morning.
0: <laughs> oh baby. Adam, uh, I know you got something brewing up in your stomach there. Uh, what, are, what are some of your farts?
1: <laughs> just, just a little bit of gas here. I got two. The first is Sergeant Holka was blown up, and then all he has to show for it is a little Band-Aid on his face.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm. I thought he would have had a little bit more um, on him, but he's a tough guy. And then the second one that actually kind of bothered me is why didn't anyone take any of those guns from the Russian soldiers that they knocked out, you know, they went through like 15 plus Russian soldiers and never picked up their guns. And they're just running (laughs) barehanded. It it would, you know, I would would pick up a wedding.
0: Wedding. Pretty good point.
1: But that's it. So that's, that's my winner there, but uh, just, just only a little bit of gas coming from me.
0: All right. Uh, I actually have uh, a few here, Uh, quite a few. So I'm going to get into these. Um, Number one, when John is doing the push-ups in the in the beginning in his apartment, and he does it, and then he says, I gotta get in shape, I gotta dry out, or I'll be dead before I'm 30. This guy looks like he's fifty. <laughs> how, how how old is he supposed to be? Like
3: oh,
2: I get
0: I get that I get that he's like a schlub and they're trying to depict that he's unhealthy and everything, but like how old is he supposed to be? Is he supposed to be like 26, 27? That's insane. He looks like he's 50.
1: Yeah, yeah. I definitely could see that. And also, that's old for joining the army, right? Traditionally, I mean, you're you're I, probably. 18, 20 or something. Yeah, yeah so what yeah, if he's supposed yeah. to be
0: then? What if he's supposed to be that? Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, so that, and then Danny, kind of picking up what you said about Russell. Um, it didn't take much convincing at all to get Russell to join the army. Like right away when John first says the idea, Russell's like no, but then it's almost like John's like come on, and then Russell's like okay, (laughs) just like that's how it is.
1: That's how it is for the EM52, and he's like no, yeah no, yeah no no no, I'm driving, I'm driving, yeah yeah,
0: yeah. It's just like Russell's kind of a pushover. He doesn't really, I don't know, or he just doesn't give a shit, and he's like yeah, I'll go with the flow. One of those two. So I just thought, you know, could li- could use a little more convincing. Um, to the haircut scene. So I didn't quite get this one. Maybe, maybe you guys can help me out here. Um, when they all got haircuts, why did some of the guys get buzz cuts, but then guys like John and Russell just get normal haircuts? Why didn't everyone's head get <laughs> shaved?
2: I don't know. I did think about this, and that's a good call because I have no
1: idea. Adam, do you? No, I was, I'm, right with you. I was thinking about that too during the movie. I should have written it down.
0: Yeah, is that? I don't know if that's a thing in the army in real life, and if like, I've always imagined that everyone in real life they just get their heads shaved. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That was, that was kind of bizarre. Um, my next one is so, Sergeant Holka is such a prick from the beginning. Like he's very strict with everything they do. So when they sing "Dua Didi" in their first time marching together why doesn't hulka tell them to shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah he should be like no singing in my line but instead he just lets them goof off and sing while with everything else he's this strict asshole general well uh,
1: to to combat that a little bit in the words of jimmy mcginty this is the first time they're coming together as a team oh wow that's true (laughs) oh the replacements got them it's like that throw-up scene. Same thing. They're they're bonding together.
0: All right, that's a valid point. I'll accept that. So I got two more farts here, uh, and to kind of pick up what Danny said. So, uh, yeah, I guess this was what Danny said. Why are the girls staying at some fancy hotel in Germany? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, that, I, a, yeah, I did say that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. But but they're at a fancy hotel too. It's like they're not even at like an army base in Germany. Why are they at a hotel? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just weird. Um, and then finally, this one's pretty big for me, and this is my winner. Um, so John and Russell totally should have been arrested at the end of the movie. I, I, I get that they saved everyone in Czechoslovakia, <laughs> and it was a big mess, but like it's their fault that everyone got into that mess. They stole the EM-50, a top-secret government weapon. That's got to be a felony. <laughs> And instead, they get a parade.
2: No, it's a, it's a right. really good
0: point. They got fuck a fucking parade. Those guys should be arrested. They should be charged, right? They should be put behind bars or something, or at least kicked out of the army. Adam? Yeah,
1: yeah. I thought they took it to get a car wash. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they said. That's great. According, according to that, that yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That guard.
1: The, the lieutenant, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Is that your winner, Brett?
0: That, that was my winner. Um, so... Great farts there, guys. Let's take a quick break before we jump into the next segment.
1: This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Poop Tent. We all know the best part about working from home is the ability to poop in private. You don't need to worry about the strange sounds your body is making or the smell of the deconstructed burrito the guy next to you is concocting. These are legitimate concerns when pooping at the office. That's why there's Poop Tent. Poop Tent is a soundproof tarp You wrap around the stall just as you're about to take care of business. It is perfectly designed to block out both incoming and outgoing sounds. But in case that's not enough, try the Poop Tent Plus. With the Poop Tent Plus, you're allowed to select a special interior design, so it really does feel like you're at home. To get your Poop Tent or Poop Tent Plus, give them a call and tell them Adam and Brett sent you. You'll never want to go anywhere without it. Poop Tent, the only way to dump welcome back to butterless popcorn we're talking stripes today and i want to kick us into a question i think we're gonna have a ton of fun with and danny i'll start with you but who's the biggest asshole in this movie
2: there is no doubt in my mind that is the old woman in the first scene
0: what (laughs) what oh my god i was not expecting that answer
2: She's in the movie for for a total of maybe four minutes. But you know what? Anything that she says and everything that she says is negative. So John approaches her. She responds, if that was humor, I didn't think that was funny. Right away. Next thing. Take me to the airport. Next thing. Be careful with those. I'm in a hurry. I've never gone this way before. What kind of name is Ringer? Questioning his name right off the bat. Then... Like she says after John says he was adopted and spent most of his time in institutions. And she says, doesn't surprise me. You look like a typical low life character to me. Who says that? Who says that? I mean, just from start to finish, she is an asshole and there is no reason why there should be anyone else but her.
0: You make, I gotta say you make an incredible argument there. Um, I just was not expecting that answer at all. I didn't even write her down. I that that's, that's no. It a took pretty, me a couple great, minutes.
1: Great it took me a couple minutes to figure out who you were even talking about at first. But but Brett, I mean, this is this is something we should think about because usually we think about you need like a significant amount of airtime to be the biggest asshole. But to Danny's point here. I think he's right. He might be right.
0: <laughs> no, it it makes total sense. Like her her asshole PER is like through the roof on this one. You know, she's in the movie for for 4 minutes, but she's like scores like 30 points. Like it's pretty unreal. Wow, well Damn. done there, Danny. I'm pr- I'm really <laughs> impressed with that one. Thank you. More than Thank your you. musical. You're, you're 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 doing you're doing well here. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I appreciate it i knew it was an oddball answer but i just went back time and time again to her and it was without a question of a doubt
1: Man, i love valid it valid point brett i'm let's let's go back down to earth here and, and <laughs> probably go with a with a safer pick what do you have
0: sure um so i had three nominations and so i'll say my first two for the winner uh, john john winger is a is a dick uh, he, he likes to screw with people. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's nice, but he's he's a, he's a dick. So he's yep. a nomination. Uh, a nominated psycho as well. Um, he threatens to kill people in pretty much every scene he's in. So, you know, if that doesn't spell asshole. What doesn't? But uh, my answer, and uh, Adam, I have a feeling you will be on par with me here as well. And I can't believe we haven't even mentioned his name yet because he's really funny. Uh, Captain Stillman. Oh, no, Danny Mess talked about him when he was looking through the telescope, but... Captain Stillman, uh, he's the only character who really, from start to finish, shows zero compassion or willingness to help others at all. He's all mm-hmm. for himself. You know, he gets them into the mess in Czechoslovakia when they could have easily taken Hulka's advice to get there in a, in a smoother way, through a smoother route. But he wanted to be the big man in charge, and he just you know, fucked everything up instead. And then he blamed it on the guys when they were held as held captive there. Um He's just really all for himself here, and uh, he's such a dick, so I'm going Stillman. I'm really
1: glad we have Danny on this show today, because I had the exact same (laughs) nominations and winner as you did, Brett, for the exact same reasons, so I I won't even repeat it. I do enjoy the fact that Stillman does end up in Alaska, so that's kind of (laughs) a a feel-good moment. Um, but I, I'm gonna switch my answer. I'm going with D- Danny. Sold me on on that lady in the beginning. I'm, I don't even think she has a name, but she's <laughs> no, sounds... no, 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 no. She's name.
0: brutal. She really is brutal. I, yeah, no, Danny, that was a pretty unbelievable answer. Gotta be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: Yeah, pretty fantastic. Um, all right. So moving on here. If stripes was placed in the eyes of another character, had a different protagonist instead of John Winger. Who would it be, and how would the plot unfold? Adam, kick us off here.
1: You guys probably aren't surprised, but I'm going with OX here. I, I love me some OX. Uh, okay. So, here we go. OX was the king of high school. He was a star on the football team, hosted <laughs> insane parties, even dated some of the hottest girls in the school. But once high school ended, everyone else either went to, you know, college or started a career. Um, everyone was moving on except for Ox. Ox was still living in the past, getting pissed drunk, parting his ass off. The only thing that really slowed down for Ox was his metabolism. And it was all fun and games one morning. Uh, it was all fun and games until one morning he got up, looked in the mirror, and realized not only did he have no friends, but he was also fat. So he did the only sensible thing in his mind, join the army, This was a way to get in shape both mentally and physically. Um, But when camp started, you know, he starts to second guess himself. Ox was not really prepared for this version of hell in his mind. Uh, But eventually, you know, Ox turns a corner with the helps of his friends, John and Russell. And Ox is reborn to a responsible man, a new man, and has some of the greatest friends and memories he can ever ask for.
0: That's pretty good. It's a it's a great arc that he goes on there. Wow,
2: the journey. I love it. I
1: yeah, love his it. arc kind of mirrors his, his weight throughout the movie. It's kind For of sure. like a parabola.
0: So, I mean, both internally, or I guess mentally and physically, by the end of the movie, he really does turn into that lean, mean fighting machine. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny, who's yours?
2: I went back and forth between a few on this one, but ultimately I chose Russell, Russell Zinski, um, and his story would be that he's just the mastermind behind everything. A little quick background, Zinski has an IQ of 160, and he's not challenged oh, wow. by anything he does in real life. He falls back on becoming an English teacher because it's the only thing that truly challenges him to communicate with people that he doesn't know how to communicate with, which... I believe might be true in the movie. He is recognized from his talents from the start of the movie, but again, doesn't know where they fit. He sees a poster on the side of the road to join the army and immediately he becomes an officer and he ultimately takes over Sergeant Hulk's role and guides everyone through different skills um, and basic training and beyond.
0: Pretty good. Does he have a point of conflict or it's just like, He's really smart. Finds the army is his best fit, and then just kind of smooth sailing from there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think the point of conflict is that he doesn't know how to use his IQ and his intellectual strengths to his advantage, um, and he has to rely on these physical strengths that he's never had before.
1: It's kind of Goodwill Hunting, ask if, uh, if you ask me. <laughs> I love it.
0: Good, good Russell Hunting. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I didn't see it,
2: but now I do see it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I mean, as you both know, my large repertoire of movies falls back on a couple, so I, I'm not surprised.
0: <laughs> I I like that too. Uh, so mine is, I'm happy we all have different ones here. This is actually pretty good. So I chose Captain Spillman, mm-hmm. and he, he wants to make Lieutenant and will stop at nothing to get there. But the only problem is that he... Since he joined the Army, uh, he scams his way up to the top. When he was a private like John and Russell, he faked various injuries so he wouldn't have to fight in combat or even finish basic training with everyone else. When he became a sergeant, he threw his big duties onto a younger private to, quote, learn the ropes of becoming a true leader uh, while he just did his own thing and you know went out and chased girls. He's now a captain and... He has Sergeant Hulka's group of misfits under his belt. If he can make Hulka whip these guys into shape and especially shine at graduation in front of the main lieutenant, he might just impress the current lieutenant enough that he gets that promotion. But these other but this group of misfits, they're no ordinary group of misfits. They are tough to deal with and he has his hands full. So it's just kind of the that that selfish journey of Captain Spillman reaching the top.
1: I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I mean, it's it's essentially what happens. But to get more Captain Stillman, I would never say no to more Captain Stillman. No, he's
0: great. He's the, he's the, he. So in this, basically, he's the anti-hero. Like yes. he's a he's a piece of shit, but he's the protagonist, and you're kind of rooting for him the whole time, even though he's a dick.
1: <laughs> Sounds like my kind of movie. Let's let's do it, guys. Let's get into some trivia, and this is gonna be. Really fun. I have I have no idea what to expect from Danny here because he might throw some complete oddball. Qu- I'm still rattled from that biggest asshole comment that that you made. So I'm, pretty amazing. A <laughs> l- I'm a little nervous here. That was incredible. So, um, I'm thinking we just go in order. We just, um, uh, I I can say the first question and then the first person to answer it, kind of you know gets it right or, or oh, wins or whatever.
0: A Little competition. I like it.
1: A little competition. So I'll start with the first question. What's the name of the club that they all go to with the chicks wrestling in mud?
0: Pom Pom.
2: Uh, yeah, he's right.
1: That was quick. That was yeah, quick.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I needed a half second, but I guess no no, no <laughs> half second necessary with Brett.
0: Yes. I'm, quick li- I'm quick like a cat. Reflexes, quick, baby. <laughs> reflexes. Quick like a cat.
2: All right, got it. I'll be faster now on the next one. Are we going in order, or is Adam just rattling off all of his?
1: Uh, we, we could switch off. Danny, do you want to go with your first question
0: here?
2: Yeah, I will say, how many years did Sergeant Hulka serve in the Army, and what paper was it reported in?
0: 28 years.
2: 27 years.
0: 27? Are you sure? I thought it was 28. 27 years. <laughs> okay, what paper? Um, oh, I don't remember. Um... The Post-Gazette?
1: Yeah, I have no idea.
2: It was the Springfield.
3: There
1: were a lot
2: there there were a lot of papers because everyone was in a different one from John to Stella.
0: So Yeah.
2: 20, 27 years. I'll I'll send you the picture, Brett, after this.
0: Good eye for detail. Um how much money did Ox pay to wrestle at the club?
2: Four thirteen and fifty
0: eight cents. Yes. Wow. Money, Danny.
2: What is going on? <laughs> I like this movie. I, rem- I remember that part too. I almost wrote Donna's trivia, but I thought someone else would.
1: Man, you're on fire, Danny. Okay. Where in Italy are they stationed?
3: Ooh.
2: I remember it said like welcome ambassadors, but I don't know the name.
0: I have no idea
2: in the north
1: somewhere it's, uh well it's it's fort milano
2: oh uh, ooh, okay so milan is in the north so yep all right um who was the first person harold and john meet in their army troop oh i'm sorry not harold Psycho? Ramis, but uh russell oh Oh, so let me, uh, let me, let me say it again. Who was the first person Russell and John meet in their army troop? Wasn't it Elmo? It was Elmo. Elmo yes! wanted Russell to hold drugs for him. Nice job. Yeah. Nice job. He's like, oh, yeah. That,
0: that actually might be my favorite, um, <laughs> Russell physical comedy scene when Elmo's telling him he's, he's hiding drugs. And then, and then, uh, yeah, yes, yes. Win. Yes. He's like, yeah, man drugs <laughs> i think that's legal, man
2: oh that's great
0: that's wonderful um all right well it kind of sucks i listed off four questions but besides the one i just asked they've kind of all been answered already throughout this podcast but i'll just kind of mm. continue here uh what size waist does john have 37 37 yep there it is
1: mine's another location this one's pretty tough, but we're in Germany, are they?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I, I got, I got
1: nothing. Schloss von Habsburg. Oh, God. <laughs> oh nice. No I wonder if
0: I wonder if they drink Todling Funkelt there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Love it. Um, while John was going AWOL, Russell was having a weird dream. What was the food? That was in this weird dream
0: oh shit that's great attention to detail with the dialogue there danny
3: because
0: the he's talking very quietly that he is is it a sandwich
1: is it, it pasta it's whipped cream
0: oh, oh you're right oh fuck
2: mentions whoop cream i don't know why i i I listened to that twice not sure what was happening (laughs) good
0: good questions danny thank you thank you thank you any others brett um yeah i do have one more i don't know if he was kidding or if he was being serious but how much money did john say that he paid to get his shoes shined in the very first scene of the movie
1: $100? $100 $100 wow. yes. $3 pair of shoes
0: $100 shine $3 pair of boots
1: that's my motto nice I have one yeah. more what does sergeant Holka do when he retires hulka burgers franchise <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> nice. oh
2: god
0: wow danny rolling baby impressive
2: um and I'll do uh one more two and end on when Russell introduces himself to the group, what does he first say he is?
1: A what pacifist. Is he... Oh, funny. he's a pa- he's a pacifist. Nice job, he's, Adam. He's like, I just want you guys to know that if we're fighting, I'll be right behind you. <laughs> exactly.
0: What what is, he has a good quote in that scene. He's like, my father always told me, never hit someone unless you know you can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Funny. Awesome questions there, guys. Well done. Let's, uh, let's take a very quick gra- quick break before we jump into our final segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Todlich Funkeld, Germany's premier sparkling water brand. Sick and tired of traditional sparkling water flavors like lime, lemon, berry, or tangerine? And at the same time, have you always wanted to travel to Germany and eat their most beloved dishes? With Todlich Funkeld, you get the best of both worlds. Order now and you'll receive a 330 packs of Todling Funkel's famous bratwurst, schnitzel, and Konigsberger Klobse flavored sparkling waters. You can order online at tfunkeld.com and use the promo code butterless, that's B-U-T-T-E-R, less, the name of this podcast, for a discount. Order now for your trip to Germany through a can of sparkling water with todlink Funkeld. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Starting our final segment. Plot what-ifs. Stick to one. Uh, Danny, what is your plot what-if here?
2: So what if they never went to the Army? Russell and John decide to co-teach English instead of going. Russell gets John a job at his school. All the other guys become students because now they have two teachers. that can double the class. And they just learn from Russell about English through the military through the military stories that he works
0: up. Well, why would he have military stories if he didn't join the army?
2: Well, I guess it piggybacks off the fact that if the story or if the plot was based on the mindset of Russell and he has a 160 IQ, he can make up these stories and teach his students (laughs) anything he wants and they would keep him him engaged. So I'm going with a cliffhanger there on on what could happen or what would happen, but uh, I I guess I combine two separate things into one.
0: And what does John do again?
2: (laughs) And John just helps him out. John gets back on his feet because he gets all this inspiration from Russell. He teaches English and the troop actually becomes like his class. So that way he can build, build him up.
0: They both teach English, John and Russell.
2: They both co-teach English, and John is learning under Russell. What's happening and what's going on?
0: All right.
3: Not bad. I don't think
2: I would want to see that movie. Yeah,
3: I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: a little, a little out there. Not the same. Probably wouldn't be called Stripes anymore. But I just thought maybe it would be a good learning opportunity for everyone. And there's really not a movie about teaching English. Maybe there's a reason why. But that's that's where I sit
0: probably be called like pencils or something <laughs> or rulers parasite
1: is about teaching english in a way
2: really true <laughs> I, I haven't i haven't seen it
0: oh, you're missing uh, out. Just um just um adam pencil. what what is, i i'm hoping you'll have a a better plot what if kind of that. what's yours
2: <laughs> that, i'll take that i'll take that go ahead
1: <laughs> um mine is what if sarge doesn't get blown up do they still graduate they still kind of come together rally around one another
0: definitely not Mm-mm. no way part of the reason why they they rallied was because they were didn't doesn't john say like towards the end like let's do it for sarge or something yeah something i think like so that. i think he does uh, no they it doesn't give john the opportunity to most importantly become the leader of the group mm. and that's what gets them together so i say no
2: you need a big toe everyone needs a big toe
1: that's true Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah,
2: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Everyone needs a big toe. I like it. I like it a lot more than mine, for the record.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, mine is, uh, what if Stillman actually listens to Hulka's idea of, you know, what do you say, like catching a flight or a chopper or whatever to, to go and get John and Russell from Germany instead of bursting through the Czech border where they eventually become prisoners? Do they you know, smoothly get there? And if so, what happens to John and Russell once they're found with the AM-50?
1: With the theme of the movie, I'm assuming they're arrested by the military police, which is another way of saying nothing happens to John and Russell yeah. except hanging out with those chicks. Um, but I do think things end up the same way for Captain Stillman because you know, it was under his command that the EM 50 was taken out. And so even though they would kind of solve the problem and there wouldn't be a parade at the end, Stillman would still be under a lot of shit for letting that happen. and He'll get moved up to Alaska.
0: I like that, Danny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I'm on board. I'm trying to think of like why that wouldn't work, but now you got me.
0: Yeah. I think they sticking to what I originally said, uh, or my fart, I think they get arrested. They go to some sort of military prison, or even real prison, and they're tried for it. So either way, they're fucked. So mm-hmm. Captain Stillman kind of saves their asses by by breaking protocol and bursting into the Czech border. <laughs> so there we go.
1: Man, three very different what-ifs. I'm glad we got two <laughs> real solid ones in there. Um.
2: <laughs> you know, I just for some of these, I'm obviously not as well-versed as you guys, but it's hard. It, it is hard. Shout out to you both. It's like you really got to think about these in detail. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm giving you a lot of
1: shit, but you, on. I'm only giving you shit because you've completely owned us on a couple of these categories here. So that's true. I'm trying <laughs> oh, yeah. to trying to knock you down so you don't take uh, our job. That's That's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you again.
1: So let's switch gears a bit here. It's time to redo the entire movie in a different genre. So, Danny, what genre genre would you choose, and then what would be the what would be the plot? Another.
2: Oh, what would be the plot? I thought it would be what genre would I choose and why. But I'll I'll do a little bit of both. You do that too. Um, Whatever, yeah, all right, all right, all right. I'll I'll do both. Um. So I picked for this one, animated, an animated movie, and, and a little oddball. Again, as I see and, and I'm just hearing the silence. I think that animated movies, as, as we know, tell stories and communicate emotions, right? And we already talked about how this is, could be a movie that's good for both children and adults. We probably got to get rid of the racist comments and the homophobic comments and some other things going on. But there's a lot of lessons here with growth and help people when they're down and solving problems and teamwork and working together. And I think if we made an animated movie, got rid of some of those things that make this movie R-rated we can definitely appeal to a wider audience and uh, it'd be a hit.
0: So just an animated film about joining the army and maturing.
2: Yeah. But again, the relationships between the troops between John and Russell um, and and you can throw some conflict in there to teach
1: uh, kids and adults about the war as well. Is it like propaganda focused kind of like join the army? It's fun. Like we got, you know,
2: I didn't see that. So it's nineteen eighty, right? When was this? This movie was nineteen eighty one.
0: Eighty one, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah,
2: I don't know if I was leaning propaganda focused, but maybe just information focused. And again, teach you the values through the things
0: that the army could bring. All right, I like not bet. See so it sounds interesting, maybe a little too little too G rated slash sappy for me. <laughs> um, but I don't think it'd be a bad film by any means
1: but to your point earlier brett that bill murray comedy kind of resonates with all ages and so if you plug that right into a little cartoon that's you true know, I, th- I think uh, I yeah
2: that... yeah i got this idea um you know when i watched this last but brett you say it yourself i mean all ages and everyone wants to see bill murray the younger you see him probably right. the more fun you have with life
0: <laughs> it's a life-changing you heard it here first yeah, cartoon. yeah. No, i like it not bad Nice. Um, Brett, what do you have? So I, I went a little different route. Um, I went thriller. And the the Ooh. plot of the movie essentially unfolds the same with John losing everything and having Russell as his, you know, Russell as his best friend joining the army. They do everything together. They share a bunk. They march in line next to each other. Uh, you know, they are besties. Ride till we die. But the army is slowly driving John insane and he wants to leave. Russell even stops him one night, as we see. Uh, but here's about three fourths of the way through, we find something out that Russell doesn't exist. He's a figment <laughs> of John's imagination, and we, you know, we find this out three fourths in, and then once we do find this out, we see like a series of flashbacks that you know John is constantly talking to himself. The scene when he tries to go AWOL and Russell stops him, it's actually him just rolling on the ground by himself with like a, you know, split personality almost uh, trying to talk as Russell and himself responding. And he is sent to an asylum within the army base. They're like, this guy is fucking crazy. We can't have him here with the rest of our troops. This is not right. But then the Soviets come and break into the base and start attacking the troops. And so John, he, he he sees what's going on and he needs to break out of the asylum and help save his brothers. And all the while, he still has his, his imaginary friend Russell guiding him through.
2: Wow. From, it's a little fight clubby. From G-rated to that, we just covered the whole
1: spectrum.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: I'm about to run through a brick wall after that one. I, I'm fighting. Yeah! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, baby, baby. Um, it's got like John Nash, Beautiful Mind, in there a little bit. Yeah, I'm. God, I love it. I love it. I mean, it's, it's gotta got to be a Chris twist. Nolan. Chris uh, Nolan,
0: probably very Chris Nolan heavy. Uh, or David Fincher too. From like a lot yeah. of Fight Club and Ask. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's mine, Adam. Uh, let's see if you uh, could top that. Yeah, I don't think so. Good so,
1: luck. mine's a spy movie, mm-hmm. and John and Russell decide to enlist in the army because they have nothing else going for them. They're not really cut out for basic training, but they're great at forming relationships with platoon mates. And so, because of their relationship building skills, Sergeant Holka recommends to the chain of command that these two run point on what they call Operation Vodka. <laughs> and uh, So the plan is infiltrate a Russian base in Czechoslovakia, gather large amounts of intelligence, and report back to uh, Fort Knox or wherever they are, ASAP. Uh, John and Russell end up roping in their girlfriends, hop in a loaded van, and storm the Russian base. But pretty much as soon as they're get there, their cover is made. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're caught by the Russians. And so they have to move to plan B, which is just blow up everything and get the hell out of there.
0: Great. Wonderful action thriller.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm in Sounds for like that. Kind of uh,
0: like behind enemy lines. Sort of.
2: Yeah. I was, I was thinking that die hard too mixed in uh, operation Vaca. Yeah. <laughs>
0: operation vodka
1: (laughs) yeah it's a little bit of a shallower plot but i think it will be fun
0: no uh, high intensity is the rock in it by chance
1: (laughs) uh you know now that you bring it up i feel like he's gotta be he's kind of gotta be and i think like the russian leader has to be like christoph waltz (laughs) (laughs) where he's he's in there too a little bit um yeah
0: there's a place for the rock for sure all right nice so a couple, a couple categories here left, gentlemen. Uh, we're going to get into Mount Rushmore. Does stripes make the Mount Rushmore for anyone involved with the film, whether that's the actors, directors, writers? Uh, Adam, I'm going to kick this off to you to start.
1: I'll just go through all of mine. I'll, I'll start with the ones that were easier for me, and then I'll get to the ones that were a bit more difficult. The easiest one for me, Warren Oates. I wasn't sure if I was going to even put him on here because I wasn't familiar. He does a lot of the old Western films beforehand, but... Um, I put yes for him. He actually died one year after this movie I came know, out. As I know, well I saw 82. that eighty-two. Yeah. So, um, that's super unfortunate. But he was great in that. Harold Ramis. I'm going yes. This is my favorite of him. But Ghostbusters is is obviously there. Knocked up. He's in a little yes! bit. He's happy to say that. Yes.
0: He's so he's, good. His dad. Yeah. What is he What does he say? Is like. Like, I was smoking weed all the time when you were a baby or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so he's really good there. I had to throw that in there. Um, a couple more. John Candy. Uh, that was actually very difficult for me. but um, Just because he's, I, I've got a lot of films that I love of his. But I'm going yes. Cool Runnings is my number one for John Candy. But uh, no Stripes, doubt. Uncle Buck, and uh, Rookie of the Year. I love him in Rookie of the Year. <laughs> yes
2: yes the announcer
1: uh, yep so he's in it there and then two more bill murray yes caddyshack um i love groundhog day i think he's excellent in stripes obviously and then my actually favorite bill murray role space jam uh wow (laughs) that's your favorite
0: bill murray role
1: Uh, because he's got like his his interaction on the golf course too, I I love with uh with Larry Bird. <laughs> that is pretty good. Um, but yeah, just he just comes in at the best time, so I love him there. And then the last one I have is Ivan Reitman. Yes, I have um this one was actually I mean he's got a good resume here, but Stripes is in there. Ghostbusters is a classic. I love Kindergarten Cop, oh, so uh, good. that he directed. And wow. the last one for me is Draft Day
0: um he directed draft day <laughs> he directed draft day <laughs> no way
1: this is, this is absurd but um i mean he also directed no strings attached
0: oh that's which... that's a decent is that that's the one with portman and kutcher right
1: yeah i think it's the one b to the to the one yeah. a of jt Different. and me Kunis. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Benefits, yeah it's a great list uh wow. danny any any mount rushmore takes for you
2: yeah, I mean, I haven't really covered all of them uh, and, and beyond, so I'll just underscore a few things. Harold Ramis, uh, we already talked about his nonverbals from a director to an actor. I think that Kay Aschek and Ghostbusters are up there as well, but uh, he just did so well in this movie for me. Um, John Candy, uh, love every scene that he's in, just so funny from the Stewart scene at the beginning uh, to his last scene at the end when he, he's like on the... And maybe you guys can help me out here. He's on the tarmac and it almost looked like he was in charge of the troop when Russell and John so. were getting off. So I was thinking I, that
0: too. I think he is in charge, yeah. And then he walks away with them and then he starts singing do a diddy to them, which is
2: Yeah, a, yeah. A, wow. a great a great ending to the movie. Um so first start for to finish and then uh lastly I just had Bill Murray. Uh so many good movies that he's in, but I think this just like starts it off for me to see Bill Murray shine um in all aspects.
0: Totally. Um, I won't repeat too much, but yeah, I mean, Ivan Reitman, the only one I had different from yours, Adam, was... I actually think Ghostbusters 2 is underrated. Uh, so I had Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Kindergarten Cop, really underrated movie. Um, Murray, Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, and Groundhog Day. Absolutely. The guy is the guy is pretty legendary. So I had uh, two different categories for Harold Ramis. So I had Harold Ramis acting... And then Harold Ramis writing. So for acting, I had Stripes, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Knocked Up. Uh, But for writing, so I had Stripes, Animal House, Caddyshack, and Groundhog Day. I mean, the guy was a a genius writer. Such a great comedic mind. Uh, John Candy, Stripes, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I know you're a big fan of that one, Danny. Oh, lovely. What a
2: great film.
0: Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, Cool Runnings, and Rookie of the Year. It was hard to, it was hard to exclude Uncle Buck there. I do really like that movie, but um, the others took the cake there. God, he's so freaking good in Cool Runnings as her as not her Brooks. That's from Miracle. Irv Blitzer. Miracle. Irv Blitzer. Yes, Irv Blitzer. Thank you. That is the same guy, um, kind of. <laughs> I actually. So I had. So long story short. I had Stripes in the Mount Rushmore for pretty much everyone except for Warren Oates. Um, Adam, as you said, he had an acclaimed career in Westerns and a lot of crime dramas. And he was really good in the movie In the Heat of the Night with Sidney Poitier in the 60s. I love that movie. Um, So I'm going to say no. I haven't seen all the other Westerns he was in. But I don't think he is known for Stripes, um, which makes me say no. But another funny one, uh, Judge Reinhold, who plays Elmo – uh, uh he's really funny in fast times at best Ridgemont times. high too he plays the brother who, who cooks at the restaurant uh yeah beverly beverly hills cop i know you're a fan of that movie oh Danny.
2: great call wow throwing it back
0: yeah, yeah he was pretty funny in that um and then someone else i want to give a shout out to so pj souls who plays shelly uh she had actually had a pretty solid run of some horror films before stripes. So she's really good in Carrie and Halloween, which were both made in the late seventies. Uh, she's also in breaking away, which is really funny. Um, and then I know baby, I, you baby. Uh, and then I actually, I, I've not seen this last one, but apparently she was the lead in a, in a comedy music called rock and roll high school, which was apparently a good movie. So I don't know, but she's very good in stripes. I like her. Um, so one more person who I want to give a shout out to, and we haven't talked about this. Adam, I know you're gonna love this. Joe Flaherty, Flaherty. Um, do you know what I'm gonna say, Adam?
1: I, I don't, but I'm like eagerly waiting.
0: So Joe Flaherty, who is uh, one of the guards at the check border, uh, is the same guy in Happy Gilmore who's obsessed with Shooter McGavin
1: no uh, way
2: ah you're right you are right wow and he's like
0: shooter we're friends shooter right
1: the jackass guy yeah
0: yeah jackass! yeah, him. yeah. yeah. He's, he's the he's like the main guard in at the check border yeah that is same.
2: unreal slick back hair right yeah uh,
1: yeah wow nice call great call so, so mount
0: rushmore for him too totally
1: I'm surprised you didn't have Zombieland in the Bill Murray. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I kidding. I know I know you okay, hate it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we've talked about
0: this. Okay, good. We we've talked we've talked about this plenty of times.
1: Bill fucking if I would have put that in there, it would have been for pretty harsh debate, I think. So I'm glad I excluded it.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Gentlemen, we have one final question. This is this has been a blast, but it's time to end it off with the one question that we typically end off these shows with and danny i'll start with you on this one but what's the movie's legacy when you were thinking stripes what comes to mind
2: ah big question um i think the first thing that comes to mind is just that you can have a good time doing something that you don't think is going to be good so while everyone in this movie came in to the army and basic training for different intentions they experienced growth that they didn't think they would and they had a good time doing it so regardless of what you do regardless of what you get yourself into have a good time and that will show in all aspects of the film and in your life i love it
1: some good like takeaways from from the actual writing and the the story in there you can you can turn it into motivation that's I that's was gonna say right I'm, I'm, that's that's
2: I'm pre- the
0: Joel Osteen I, we've been talking I'm, about here, basically.
2: I'm preparing for my uh, lecture hall coming up, so I wanted to give you guys a quick rundown. I love I it. it.
0: I like that a lot. Um, so I I went a little different route than you did, Danny. I, I guess I was a little more surface level here, but uh, you know, for me, for me, the the big thing in it, and it's obvious, it's the most obvious one, but it's 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 Bill Murray and his legacy. Um, mm. As I said earlier, Caddyshack was made the year before. Uh, you know, arguably his two funniest roles. He'd been in a few other films up to up to this point. Uh, again, he had just left SNL in 1980. Caddyshack was the was the oh my god, Bill Murray is hilarious movie. And then Stripes was the oh my god, Bill Murray is cementing himself as a as a innovator of comedy. Um, you know, the arrival of Bill Murray and also maybe the peak of Bill Murray here. It's just his raunchy and deadpan humor is just like on display and you know the improv techniques as i said earlier just kind of on display for for everyone to see his talents like if someone said to me show me a movie where you see bill murray at the peak of his powers just like bill murray in a nutshell i would tell them to to probably watch stripes um so so that that that's really it for me here is just like quintessential bill murray yeah
1: yeah Uh, um I mean, I have that as well. I'll, I'll go off of that a little bit. So the chemistry between Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, I think, is unbelievable, and it really yeah. shines throughout this film, especially with the guy who, you know, Ramis, like you said, Brett, probably more known as a writer than he is as an actor, um, certainly did some some good acting performances, but the chemistry between them, I think, is, is right up there with, with a lot of comedies. And the only other thing I add, and I mentioned this a bit earlier, but the nonverbal acting, and Danny touched on it a couple times too, but between Ramus, between Murray, I think they do such an incredible job on the nonverbal side of things that it could be used, I think, as a blueprint um, to some other movies. I don't think we see a lot of comedic actors have that level of nonverbal in their in their craft i mean jim carrey obviously comes to mind and we we always have to mention this guy every single (laughs) oh you said it you
0: said it adam you said it
1: i said the jim word (laughs) just at the end there uh i gotta sneak it in but honestly like i mean he's the only other one where i can really picture like intense um exuberant nonverbal comedy and you know it's not for everyone but he does it really well and so i think if if more actors can mirror what Ramus does especially i think it would be a uh a pretty good sign of of comedies to come so uh got to add that point as well but i to your point about bill murray absolutely legendary in this film and this he was king of the world there
0: yeah all great points there to 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 end us off um danny is there anything else you want to add on this i know you you probably love this movie the most out of the three of us you know you're the one who chose it um any other last points you want to bring up here about Stripes?
2: No, no, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good talking about it. I'm feeling good reflecting on it. And I was thinking, Brett, did I see this movie the first time with you in your room? Did you show this movie to me? Is that possible?
0: Probably. I, I mean, that's kind of my go-to answer for a lot of those, like, late 70s, early mid-80s, R-rated comedies. Um, you know, us being kids and me being the only one who, like, had them on DVD where we just watched them on my little TV in my room, like probably. Yeah.
1: That was definitely where I watched it. And we probably played about 12 games of either Madden 2004, was it? Or um, the Sims afterwards. Yes. Really really aging
2: us, Yeah. Um, I know. (laughs) No, I I think that would be it. It it was fun.
0: Yeah. This was a great time. I love being able to talk about these, these, you know, the movies we all watched as kids together being able to talk about them, you know, fifteen plus years later on this pod. Uh wow. really coming full circle here. So Adam, anything else to add?
1: No, let's all get together sometime after this pandemic and watch it again.
0: Ah, I'm down. Would we'll love it. Gentlemen would we'll love it. Gentlemen, this was great. Danny, thank you so much. You were a wonderful guest. I'm actually gonna go out you know out of my way and call you the MVP of this episode you you definitely yeah, destroyed absolutely. us on on a handful of categories i was really impressed with your first showing uh you may have earned yourself a second guest appearance in the future we'll wow
2: wow i'm floored <laughs> i think some of my bottom rock bottom moments definitely balance the scale too but i'm still uh, happy to be on and, and thank you
1: we'll, we'll review we'll review and uh get back to you
0: <laughs> yes absolutely well until then listeners thanks for tuning in until next time uh cheers